The scripture reading this morning is out of the book of Luke, chapter 5, 1 through 11. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gerasset, Gennesaret, excuse me, the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. He saw two boats there on the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put it out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to so much that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Back in the days before smartphones, I would spend hours after school and on weekends talking to my best friend Sharon on the phone. It absolutely did not matter if I had just seen her all day at school or at volleyball practice. We could have had a sleepover, and once the other got home, we were on the phone. The funny part is, we never really seemed to talk about anything. Lots of times, we were just watching the same show on TV with the phone to our ears and interjecting comments on what we were seeing. It's amazing to me how two people can be on the phone for so long and not really talk, at least not about anything too serious. A lot of us have been called by various people in our lives, and I'm not necessarily talking about calling on the phone. The call to which I am referring is that of some significance, called to be a part of a committee, called to teach a class, called at our jobs to take on one more responsibility. But the call that is most important in our lives is the call that we hear from God the call that we hear through the teachings of Jesus Christ. The Sea of Galilee these days has a few names, as it does in the Gospel of Luke. It is the only freshwater lake in Israel, and as we saw in today's scripture, it was often called the Sea of Gennesaret, also the Lake of Gennesaret, sometimes even the Sea of Tiberias. It's about 64 square miles, with a catchment area of over 1,000 miles. It's not a bad-sized lake. It's bigger than most of our inland lakes, but compared to all the other well-known worldly lakes, it barely adds up. It's but a drop in the bucket compared to our smallest Great Lake, Ontario. But as with most things in life, it is not the size of something that makes it significant. The Sea of Galilee was the hub of the fishing of fishing in the time of Jesus, and it was a source of food and income 
for the people who lived near it. As the text says, Simon, James, and John had been out all night trying to catch some fish, but they had come up empty-handed. Just a side note, remember that Simon is later Peter. It's the same guy. It took me a long time to figure that out. Obviously, as like a three-year-old. By the time I was four, I knew what I was talking about. (laughs) Much like George Clooney seems to round up his posse in every movie he's in, Jesus was starting to put out the call for disciples. Please understand, I'm not comparing George to Jesus. But seriously, he rounds up a lot of people in his movies. The Oceans trilogy and Monuments Men alone account for what seems like an hour of cinema just gathering people. Unlike the stories we have from Matthew and Mark, the Luke text does not list any disciples with Christ for the first few months of his ministry. It is clear from the text that there are people who knew who he is, who he was, who gathered to hear what he had to say. As we heard in the passage from today, there were so many people gathered on the beach to hear his words that he needed to get into the boat and go out a little ways just to be able to address them. But the disciples had not yet begun to literally follow him. Simon, who in verse 8 is granted his second name of Peter, which means rock, has probably heard of Jesus before this time too, as he refers to him as master, which is, of course, a title of authority. Where Matthew and Mark use teacher or rabbi, the author of Luke chooses to use master to better show the strong belief that Simon Peter had for Jesus from the very beginning. When Jesus finished addressing the crowd, he turned to the men in the boat and called them to be followers of the true way. The miracle that Jesus performed from the boat not only allowed the people surrounding the sea to have food for several days, but it was used to show the men, Simon, Peter, James, and John, what exactly Jesus had in store for them. You see, Jesus was not calling them just to be followers of him of Christ. He was calling them to be fishers of people. He was calling them to be evangelists, to go out and tell people about the man they have encountered and of his gospel. Jesus ordered them to put down their nets and follow him, to learn the gospel, to learn the truth, the way, and the life. Their education would help both both during the journey, excuse me, during the ministry of Jesus and after his death as they started the church. Here in this boat on the Sea of Galilee, we find the moment when Simon Peter, later Peter, later the first pope of the church, begins to follow Jesus Christ. Although the text does not give the men much time to think things over, I wonder how much apprehension was actually within them. They were called by Jesus to leave the lives they knew, to leave family, friends, their way of life, all of it to follow this man, not knowing what lay ahead of them on the open and uncharted journey. They put down their nets, and they went off. The faith that they had in those moments is a faith that is hard to comprehend. The key is listening. As with many aspects of life, the key is listening. We are called to be followers of Christ, and some of us are called into certain vocations within that. 
in order to know what God has in store for us, in order to know where we fit in the body of Christ, we must listen up. We are all called to be evangelists, to show the world what it means to love God and love neighbor, what it means to know the truth through Jesus Christ. But how do we do how we do that evangelizing changes from person to person? The key is listening to the cues that God has for you in this world, the gifts and graces bestowed upon you, the passions of your heart and spirit, the talents given to you. These are all clues into what God may be telling you. And it is important to remember that whether you think they are wrong or right, you must realize that when it is from God, it is always right. I'm pretty sure I've shared some of my call story with you all, so I do apologize if some of this is repeated. As most of you are aware, I was raised by two pastors. My parents met and married while they attended Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary, the very same school that I attended for my master's degree. Let me tell you, I felt their eyes on me the entire time. When I was growing up, people used to ask me if I was going into the family business. <laughs> no, was my stock answer. I saw what it was like to be a pastor firsthand. I saw what it was like to come home from a long and difficult meeting. I saw what it was like to be called away to help people through some really bad times in their lives. I knew what it was like to be the preacher's kid and I had no interest in doing that to any kids of mine. For the record, I follow all of that up with saying, never have I experienced a difficult meeting here. Not once has my heart rate ever been elevated, or could I see my blood pressure pulsing through my eyeballs. That was convincing enough, right? Okay. I didn't realize until years later, but that was God giving me an opportunity to start listening. Even in my 20s, when I would hear the call to pastoral ministry, I would ignore it, thinking I was simply seeking an escape into a comfortable zone, a world that I knew. It took me about 20 years and several hints to finally, finally, finally lay down my net, leave the life I knew, and follow Christ to where I truly belonged. Fear has a way of keeping us from hearing what God wants, where God wants us to go. The fear of the unknown and sometimes the fear of the known. Often we know we are not happy where we are, but we accept it as our place. Perhaps we are struggling in a life, in the life we have, but for whatever reason, we allow the fear of change to keep us from becoming what God wants us to become. Already in a financial predicament, I left my job, my apartment, my friends, for a place where I had no idea how I was going to pay for it. I did not know where I would live. Having been out of school for nine years, I didn't know if I could handle matriculating into a full-time academic schedule again. But as far as, but as I have said to you all before, I didn't need to know how because God knew how. When we go where we are called, God provides the tools we need to get the job done. 
Where has God called you? Are you already doing what God has in mind for you? No one can answer that other than you and God. It is a conversation that you will have to have with your creator. And the way you do that is by opening your heart and your mind to infinite possibilities. From there it is listening. From there it is forward motion. Heard, seen, and heeded, the living word of God demands our decision. We have a choice of whether we stay in the boat or leave everything we know behind so that we can truly transform ourselves and others to a fuller life with Christ. What's more is that once our eyes, ears, and minds have been opened to the wonder, mercy, and grace of Jesus Christ, once we have truly allowed ourselves to understand the gospel, we cannot possibly go back. Once we have accepted Jesus Christ and his ministry as our salvation, we cannot go back to the way it used to be. We cannot slink away and pretend we haven't heard the words of Christ. The spiritual toothpaste cannot get back into the proverbial tube, as it were. As we've gotten older, Sharon and I still occasionally get on the phone for long periods of conversation. Most often, we watch Legends of the Fall together. And we've started to talk about some more serious things. We even talk about some of the things that happened in our lives back then that for some ridiculous reason, after spending 75,000 hours on the phone, we never talked about. Maybe it's because we've both just learned to listen. I use this word very, very loosely, but maybe it's maturity. We both have learned to open our minds, our hearts, and really hear what is being said to us. God will do that to a person. Amen.